Okay. Lil Mac apparently really wants money. Come on, Bears. Come on, Bears. You hear that? But they're saying the Raiders want two ones. Well, give it to him. Are you crazy? No, I am not. I want Khalil Mack. So you'll trade potentially two Khalil Macks for one? I will trade the potential for the reality in a heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I would hesitate to, 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 to push that button. The Bears. Blockbuster trade between Chicago and Oakland coming just five days before the start of the regular season. I really can't wait. I'm itching. I'm itching. It's been a long time since I played football. Just understanding what's going on over here right now. Obviously, exciting time to be a Chicago Bear. Uh, you got young talent. Uh, and I'm on the defensive side of the ball. Definitely have some, some dogs. Looking forward to getting out there with them dogs. That excitement right there is everything for me right now. It got me shaking a little bit. Just thinking about it. Welcome back, everybody, to the legendary Stay Oz podcast. Once again, it's on. I'm Chris. I'm here with Jordan. What's going on, y'all? i tell you what's going on. Mr. Mac. <laughs> oh, man. I can't hold it back, man. What you got for me? Chicago just got a second greatest Mac ever. <laughs> I hope you're not talking about the Big Mac as the first one. By no means. Oh, okay. Oh, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Oh, yes. Oh. Please, yes. Shout out to Bernie Mac, man. Yeah. Yes, One of the yeah. greats. Yes. Woo! We're not going to put a damp on the new Mac. He's here. He is here, baby. I, I mean, honestly, we talked about this last week, man. You know, we we I, I, I kind of called it, but I, I didn't think that it would come true. I kind of just was willing it to happen, man, and Sure enough, John Gruden answered my prayers. Thank you so much, JG. Uh, you helped out Chicago immensely. In case you're under a rock of some sort or uh, you listen to the podcast and you don't follow football, Khalil Mack is now a Chicago Bear. Mm. Khalil Mack is very, very possibly and arguably the best defensive player in football and at worst – the third best defensive player in football. He is a yeah. dominant pass rusher from the edge. I probably he, he could probably get some push from the inside if you put him there. He is a game changer. Uh, many people, it may be a stretch, but many people are comparing him to Reggie White. They're saying the effect that Khalil Mack will have on the Bears could be similar to what Reggie White did for the Packers a couple decades ago. Yeah. You know, you, you don't see this, man. You, you Matter of fact, you've never seen this. You know, I, when does a person of max ability become available like this? You're talking about a 27-year-old pass rusher who is at the top of his game, 
hasn't reached his peak just yet, and he was available, and we got him. Like, the Bears got him, and they gave up what they needed to give up. They gave him the richest contract in history for a defensive player. Well-deserved, man. I, I, I can't believe it, bro. I'm still shocked. Like, it's been a few days now, and I, I feel like I still got to pinch myself. Like, this is just some really overwhelming <laughs> dream that I'm stuck in. Like, this is Inception or something. There's, like, another floor or wall that I got to get past, and then we'll be back to reality, and the Bears don't have them. But, man, dude, Khalil Mack, the Mack attack is in Chicago, baby. So to, to rewind back to our previous podcast, uh, we did discuss this possibility, and Jordan was heavily in favor of it. And I will admittedly say I was not for it. I've, I had thought it through. And actually, just before the move happened, I was leaning in the direction of, of being cool with it. And the reason being uh, was brought to my attention by many media outlets. And I sat down, I, I rode trains, and I drove cars <laughs> as my, my brain poured over this subject. And I asked myself, I said, Chris, as many other pundits have said, what two number one draft picks have the Bears had that you wouldn't trade for Khalil Mack? Exactly. And I couldn't come up with an answer. Nothing has happened for the Bears in the draft in the last five, maybe even ten years, that I wouldn't give up with the quickness for Khalil Mack. With the quickness? With the quickness. And then I get the news of the actual deal. I don't know what's happening with the Raiders. (laughs) But okay, you know, you, you get the, the two firsts, and you assume that Khalil Mack makes you maybe two games better. So that, mm-hmm. to my opinion, puts the Bears in the, in the playoff hunt. We'll get to that later. Right, right, right. But you, get, you give up the two firsts, and it was a steep price in my opinion. But another thing that, that kind of pushed me over on this is this. The genius of Ryan Pace. <laughs> He got, he gave up the two firsts, but he got a second back in return with Khalil Mack. So he, he gave up a- two ones and a four, <laughs> and he got Khalil Mack and a two. And a conditional fifth, I think. Sheer genius. That, that, is, oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you, you go ahead. I, I am still blown over there. Go ahead. And this is, and this is out of the ordinary for Ryan Pace. Because in the past, Ryan Pace would try to go with kind of hidden gems. He wanted to be the guy to uncover a gem. He might see a guy that in limited snaps showed some promise to get that guy, and hopefully he can capitalize on that. This is the first time we've seen Ryan Pace really go after a legit, bona fide dog. And that's what Khalil Mack is. He's a game-changing dog. Yeah. Now that he's a Chicago Bear, I'm looking at more tape of this guy. I've always appreciated his talents. I've had him in fantasy before. I've always looked at film. I've always admired his play. But now I'm really looking at his talents. Yeah. There's tape. There's tape. There's film of this guy beating triple teams to get to the quarterback. And, then, and then when you think about what that does to your defense, which is already extremely good. They haven't shown it in preseason, but preseason is preseason. 
even the 85 Bears, I believe, went 0-4 in the preseason. Not saying this team is that. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is preseason doesn't necessarily transpire. You're talking about Khalil Mack playing any edge position. You can put him on the end or on, on the outside linebackers, edge rusher. Then you have a guy that you fully believe in, in Roquan Smith, on yeah. the inside, with an established veteran middle linebacker with results, even though he's coming off injury, still very smart, very savvy linebacker, and Danny Trevathan. And this move makes Leonard Floyd that much better. Because yeah. now he was showing promise. He was showing promise, but he was frail. He would get hurt. So you couldn't really expect him to, week in, week out, take on double teams, possible triple teams, chip blocks, with his frame and his injury history. So now guess what you have? You have Leonard Floyd taking on single team blocking, one man, mano a mano blocking, which he can beat. Then you get into that front, the front three. We have Akeem Hicks, probably one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the game. I believe it. You have a, a young Jonathan Bullard who showed some flashes both in preseason and toward the end of the season last year. So the Bears, you have in the secondary, you have Eddie Jackson, who's a ball hawk. He can show up in his tackling. He can show up a little bit in, in his reading of defenses. Adrian Amos, who, who's probably the opposite of, of what Eddie Jackson is. He's a tackler. He's a defense reader, but he's not a ball hawk. You have Kyle Fuller, who looked like Kyle Fuller again last year. You got Prince of Mukamara, who's a better than serviceable cornerback. Now, you have a great defense now, in my humble opinion. And you're probably a cornerback and another defensive lineman away from being utterly dominant. That's right. That's right. And with the face of this defense, the only person potentially leaving because of, because of their age is probably Trevathan at this point. Yeah, and he's a little... And Amukamara, I think, is, is either approaching. That's yeah. the only thing you have in jeopardy. You can keep this unit together, throw in a couple more pieces, and you can have a dominant defense for years. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I... Uh... Man, when you look like you just said, because I watched something earlier on uh, on YouTube that was talking about the ages of this team and just how quickly this kind of rebuild, this retooling has happened with the Chicago Bears, man. It's impressive. I, I have to tip my hat to uh, to uh, Pace because I'm I'm a little more satisfied now. You know, I, I wasn't satisfied with some of the decisions he made, you know, over the past couple of years with other things, but this more than made up for it. This off season, getting a new coach, getting all of these different offensive options here, you know, getting a new offensive scheme, new and innovative, creative. Now you got a, a, a bona fide, like you said, if not the best top three, I mean, over, over who, let's just say Aaron Donald and, Whoever else, I don't. I can't even think of anybody else, man. To me, he is the best. 
And, you know, that's without being biased. You know, you got somebody who is in his prime. Like I said before, you don't see this. You just don't see it happening. So now you pair him up with all these other dogs. You think about the team he came from and how much he had to do on the Oakland Raider team that didn't have a whole lot pretty much around him. And he still dominated. So teams were keying in on him. Like you said, triple teams, double teams, constantly. And the man has all these different moves and array of talent that he can still get to the quarterback. And that is what you want outside of a good offense, a good quarterback, is someone to be able to rush and stop the other quarterback. And you got that in him. And, you know, the the sky's the limit now for this team. I, I will go out and say that the expectations for the Bears, man, it, 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 it could have been temp- tempered a little bit before a week ago. You know, we still were talking about how good this offense could be and the, the, the defense was already a top 10 defense without Mac. And now you add Roquan and Mac and now experience, you know, you can't underestimate experience, you know, a year uh, older in this, in this system under Vic Fangio, you know, arguably one of the best defensive minds in the game. You retain him, you keep him. Um, and, now, you, you, like I said, the sky's the limit, man. I, I don't see anything stopping this team other than themselves and experience just playing together now. It's just a matter of you really getting to know each other, getting that chemistry on both sides of the ball. And really, you know, the, the, the playoffs is in sight, and you never know what, what can happen because NFL is, is a funny sport, man. Once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. It's been a long time, Jordan. It's been man. a long time, Jordan. It's been a long time since Aaron Rodgers had to look over his shoulder <laughs> and worry about if somebody's coming when he plays the Bears. Hey. He's had to play the mind games with Erlacher and Briggs. That's fine. He's had to play those mind games. Where is he going to be? How quick can he close? And those were fun. Aaron Rodgers had to look over his shoulder and wonder if somebody's going to eat him alive. Oh, yeah. He's going to get devoured. And now that time is back. Yes, sir. That yes, time sir. Is back. Ooh wee! Hey, I'm just letting you know. I'm already dubbing this Sunday night game macaroni and cheese. Okay, it is the macaroni and cheese game. I don't even know what that means. Hey, man, use a little bit of wit. Mac and cheese. We'll call it's it the- mac and cheese. Don't call it macaroni and cheese. You know what? Okay, fine. Jeez, since you want to be all technical, mac and cheese, okay? Mac up against these cheese heads. I can do the mac and cheese. The macaroni and cheese. got to spell this out for you, Jordan. Mac and cheese. I can get with that. <laughs> Let's go with it. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy over it, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually not happy to be wrong. But I'm happy I'm wrong. I mean, of course. You didn't see it happening because a lot of people overvalue draft picks. And we've always heard Pay saying how much you have to build your team through the draft, which is very important. That's very true. You can't just keep trying to buy talent off of free agency only. That is very true. You have to try and build your team from the ground up, from talent, from college, you know, uh, and, and started off there more, more so than not. But when you have someone that is a generational talent that is proven 
You're talking about a proven commodity versus an unknown or a bunch of unknowns. You're going to take the proven commodity. Would you take LeBron James or would you take Zion Williamson as of right now? You would take LeBron James to lead your team. Now, Zion Williamson might be very, very good, as we all expect him to be, because the man is just dogging in Duke, but he still hasn't played a second of NBA ball. Or real real colleges either, but go ahead. Exactly. They're playing against little boys. You know, even in high school, he was playing against little boys. But at the same time, the point is, you will always, or you should always try to value the, the, the sure thing versus the unknown, whether it be two first-round picks. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. But, again, like you made mention, and it's a very smart comment you made earlier, how many first-round picks have the Bears hit on? How many first-round picks have many people hit on? There's going to be a few times where you may draft somebody who you think or know is going to be very good for your team that's going to alter the team you know, and, and move them in the right direction. And then what happens? Maybe they might get injured. Or maybe they might not have a good uh, uh, track record of, of working out. And, 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 or maybe they have certain uh, off-the-field issues. Whatever the case may be, things can go awry very quickly. But if you have somebody that is already set and put his foot down in that league, such as Khalil Mack, and is at the top of his game, not just old. Because, I mean, you, you liken it to somebody like when we got Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers was already passed. His prime for the most part when we got him. Yeah, the Julius Peppers. Tail end of it at least. Yeah, oh, you're right. Okay, maybe the first year he came here, he still had the same type of athleticism maybe. But you know you got him after his really, really good years. Like, you got him in his 30s. We're talking about somebody who is a young, in his prime, just getting to his prime individual. You do not see that. So th- this this was just – a perfect get on all levels. So, hey, it's okay for you to be wrong because, I mean, I didn't really see it happening either as much as I wanted it to. I didn't see it happening, and, boy, does it does it feel good to be wrong. It feels great to be wrong. So, Khalil Mack, maybe not listening. Welcome to Chicago, bro. Yes, sir. We're in for a nice ride. A nice ride. Khalil Mack was holding out. Another thing, too, real quick on the Bears. And it's the the foresight of Ryan Pace. Because I believe he made the move completely 100, okay, 98% for the benefit of the Bears. But I think Ryan Pace also saw if the Packers or the Rams beat me to this, trouble for a long time. Rumor has it that the Packers and the Rams were highly interested in Khalil Mack and that the Rams were very close to landing him. How they were going to pay him and Aaron Donald is beyond me. They're paying their their people in Monopoly money or something, man. I don't know what's going on over there. But I told you, man, something's got to be coming. These owners and these GMs know something. Something is coming. It's, It's a big payday for the NFL somewhere around the corner. Something is coming. We just don't know about it. There's no way these teams can afford to pay out these contracts with all this guaranteed money, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Something big is approaching. But Ryan Pace, good foresight, good GMing. Ryan Pace 
quietly is uh, one of one of the winners of the summer. One of the winners of the summer, man. Yes. Let that not, let that not be understated. No, not at all. No way you can understate it. I mean, it's on all the, the, the main outlets, the main sports uh, channels. I mean, you, you know who did got this deal done. The man deserves an award, or at least obviously for us Chicago fans, we're definitely appreciative of what he did. But, uh, you know, nationally, that man deserves an award for what he just did. And getting that 2020 second-round pick, that, that again, man, I, I don't know how that was, was snatched from them. Because now, yeah, you don't have the first rounds. You don't have the second round, I think, next year. But in 2020, now you have two second-round picks. So if he wants to, he could turn that into something where he can move up into the first round. Or yep. he can just keep the two second-round picks and get two quality players. Yep. Well done. And the Raiders, let's be honest, it, it, it was all but in stone. The Raiders weren't going to pay him. And in the end, they looked bad. That was a story that even on Madden, this was a bad trade for the Raiders. They wouldn't, Madden wouldn't even touch it, that engine. <laughs> Can't even get the video game to Can't accept get it. The video game. No matter what settings you put on, trade override, all that, it wasn't taking it. Wasn't biting. But the Raiders weren't going to pay Khalil Mack. In like manner, it appears that the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't gonna pay Le'Veon Bell. I mean, they, yeah. they wanna they wanna pay him, but they wanna pay him franchise bucks. Yep, franchise deal, which will put him at roughly I think fourteen or fifteen for the year, and it will be the second straight year they would have franchised him. Le'Veon doesn't want that. He wants a nice long-term deal. And I want to, I want to again, correct myself on something I've been saying. I've been saying Le'Veon Bell is like five years older than Ty Gurley, when in fact he's just two years older. I didn't know it was that close. It just seems like Le'Veon's been around for a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he has been around for a long time. And his playing style is that of like an old, wily veteran. And he's only 26. He's only 26. So I could see him jostling for a four-year deal. I still don't think he should get what Gurley's getting. Not at all. No. It should be it should be in the ballpark. But the Steelers don't want to pay him. So Le'Veon is holding out. And if he continues to hold out, he's not, according to the collective bargain agreement, to my understanding, he doesn't have to show up until week eleven or so. I believe it's week eleven. So you may very well see a holdout of Le'Veon Bell to week 11. Look, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to just go off the beaten path for a second. I am very happy if that happens, by the way, <laughs> just off of the fantasy side of things because I have James Conner, his backup, and I am looking forward to utilizing James Conner uh, very, very quickly in week one. So, Le'Veon, go ahead and take your time coming back. But in the real life, in reality, you don't you like like uh, Brian Dawkins brought out today, you know, because you saw a lot of a, a lot of team bashing uh, from the offensive line, talking about you know how selfish Le'Veon is, and you know they they even kind of 
compared the money he's trying to get to their own money when it's not even the same position. So that was kind of like a meathead argument. But I think emotions are just high. Uh, you know, the lineman really just called him out and said, you know, you're not for the team, you're for yourself. Because he does this all the time. And I know you mentioned before that, you know, this is probably something he's doing because, you know, he probably didn't want to go through the preseason to practice. He just wants to get to the season and get ready. But we, we've seen the disadvantages of that on one end because in the first couple of games, Le'Veon has started off slow. So that's not good. Then on the, on the, on the other end, you know, you, they, they are right in a sense. You're not really showing your, your teammates that you're for the team. You, if he sincerely is holding out for 10 weeks, that may be a sign that, you know, they're going to part ways. And maybe they do find Connor to be a, a viable replacement for him, you know, for their scheme. Not saying that he's on the same level, but that he's, he's doable. This is, a, this is a crazy situation, man. A crazy situation that probably is going to get worse. Nobody is really backing down from each other. Everybody's taking their stand and putting their, 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 their foot in the ground. So we'll see how long this lasts, man. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that he should be holding out, but we'll see. Is there a team out there that gives him what he wants? Oh, absolutely. I mean, his name alone. Le'Veon Bell is still very, 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 very good as a running back and as a pass catcher. There is going to be a team. There's, there's no doubt when he hits free agency, somebody's going to give him a crazy deal. And it might be another history in the making type deal where it's the most paid to a running back. You've seen Odell Beckham get the most money for a receiver. You've seen Aaron Rodgers get a lot of money. You've seen Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald get crazy money. So it, it, it's only a matter of time before he gets his, his pay, hits his, his uh, jackpot, but it probably won't be with Pittsburgh. It might be with the team, who knows, that may be rebuilding and has the money to do so. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to go crazy for Le'Veon Bell in the offseason. Yeah, it looks like Pittsburgh is, is drawing a line in the sand. You might see a Le'Veon trade. You might see it. And, that, and that's why I'm wondering if there's a team out there that you think would pay him because they may step up right now and, and make a deal, you know, if, if they got the, the cap room to go out and grab him for the year. So it'll be interesting to see what develops from that saga. It appears Earl Thomas, another holdout, is on his way into camp. Like I said, a lot, sometimes these guys that hold out, they do want to get paid, but they for sure ain't going to play no preseason games and have no training camp injuries when they're trying to get paid. So, like, when you, you look at Le'Veon, I don't know how, how far reaching he's thought this through. I think at a certain point he hurts his stock. While Earl Thomas may have realized that, and he says, well, let me get in here week one and be Earl Thomas for a year and then get paid. Maybe Le'Veon mm -hmm. thinks he can come in week 8, 9, 10, 11 and make a statement for himself, but It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, he can only hope that he makes a statement if he comes back that late in the season. You better hope. And that's if Pittsburgh is still in it. And I'm not saying Pittsburgh isn't a good team. They are. But if Pittsburgh's uh, in it, you know, they may utilize Le'Veon. They want to be salty about it. They can say, hey, Le'Veon didn't come to camp. We're going to stick with James Conner, especially if, if he's rolling. That's right. So, again, it'll, it'll be extremely interesting. 
to see how this transpires. And you know what? Just to chime in a little bit more on Earl Thomas, man, I uh, I heard that he actually preferred if he left to go to Dallas, or there were there were rumors that they were trying to get him. But I heard uh, lately that you know those talks have kind of died down. You know, so maybe he doesn't even want to be in Seattle anymore. Obviously, that defense is not what it was. Legion of Boom was already departed. You know, you got Sherman on San Francisco now. Camp Chancellor retired. Bennett is on the the Eagles. So you 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 pretty much broke that whole thing up. That could be another reason why he's, I don't know, playing playing possum. Could be, could be. But we shall see. But some of these holdouts and some of these moves are going to make it real fun to make our predictions this year for the NFL season. So we're going to step on into the NFL season preview of the Stay Oz podcast. And uh, first things first, Jordan, let's let's pick who we think will be our division winners, playoff teams. So let's let's start with the AFC East. Let's go with the easy one. Okay. So the AFC East, let me pull up my Do you really have to? Standings. Oh yes, I am I am <laughs> I am a Bears homer, so I only really, really know the NFC North. Okay, so the, AF- the AFC East is the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Do you really have to nope. look for this? I swear it sounds like you're looking at it because they have that same team uh in order from the Bills to the Jets. It's alphabetical in front of you. I think it's alphabetical. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I, I got it in front of me now. Yeah, so the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Uh, yeah, I don't have to think about that. Patriots own that division. I don't even see a team in that division that's I – mean, I know the Bills made the playoffs last year. But yeah, Tyrod's gone. They're really not good at making decisions. So nope. I, don't, I don't see the Bills duplicating that. I see them taking a step back especially when they're handing keys over to a rookie. So they're, they're going with Peterman. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy that threw like six interceptions in, in a minute and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun, Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy that, Bills fans. <laughs> so we'll leave that there. The Jets are always looking like they want to be – bad, but they could they could be a sneaky team this year. But I think the Patriots once again run away with the easiest division of football. I will say this. I think uh, the uh, Jets, New York Jets, do have a very, very good defense. Their offense needs to catch up with them. You got pieces like Robbie Anderson, who is a good downfield threat. And you don't know re- really what you got with Sam Donald. He seems like he will be a good one, but obviously he's not yet proven. Still a rookie, so We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I believe he got the keys. So, we'll see. DFC North. We're looking at the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. This will come down to the two usual suspects, the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals got a better offensive line over the offseason. They got healthier. Uh, They got Joe Mixon. A.J. Green, I think, has still got some – Springs in his legs. Dalton is very serviceable. Then, of course, you got your Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think ultimately will come out on top. You got Juju, Antonio Brown, the best receiver in the league. 
And then you also have, well, Le'Veon Bell if he comes back. But you got Connor. You got you got a nice few pieces on that team. Big Ben is going to do his thing as he usually does. Yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh has this division. And I agree with you. Cincinnati might be the only real competition there. I don't know how Harbaugh does it every year where Baltimore hangs around, but they'll hang around, but they won't pose any real threat in the AFC North. So I got the, the Steelers. So we're both together on the Patriots and the Steelers. No, you have the Bengals, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's Bengals, you, Steelers, me. Um, the AFC South, we're looking at the Texans, Colts, Jaguars, and Titans. Let's see. Let's see. I am going to go with the Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. Simply put, I don't think any other team is going to get out of there over them. I mean, Houston is nice. They're very nice, but I think Jaguars just have too overpowering of a defense and a good enough offense. For me, I see – I have the sinking sensation that the Jaguars won't make the playoffs this year. And I think the Houston Texans are the team to beat in this division, especially if Deshaun comes back and he's healthy and he's slinging the ball around. The Texans' defense has a lot going on there. They got Teron, Honey Badger, Matthew out there now, given the rest of what he's got. I think the AFC South is going to be very competitive. Luck comes back, and I don't think he'll be the luck of a couple years ago. He can eventually get back to that. I don't think this is the year for him to do it, but I think he'll be good enough to keep the Colts respectable in that division. Titans, they were a playoff team last year. I think they'll they'll be there to to fight some games out. I think this, along with the uh, NFC North, will be the two most competitive divisions that we'll see in football. But I have the Texans probably squeaking it out, getting past, let's say getting past the Jaguars, but I say the Jaguars are going to be, aren't going to be as good or maybe even okay. bad. I mean, they, they, they'll miss the playoffs. They'll hover around 500. All right. I, 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 I can see that too. I'm with that. The AFC West. We got Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. We know who's not winning this division. <laughs> John Gruden. The Oakland Raiders right now, and maybe they're they're seeing something we don't, or the common public doesn't, but the Oakland Raiders right now are are botching some things up. Not only did they see the need to trade away their best player, yeah, they got the draft picks. But they also traded a draft pick for A.J. McCarron. Don't know why. Don't know why. Because Buffalo gave them up, thankfully. That should tell you something right there. Buffalo would rather have Nathan Peterman playing than A.J. McCarron. Exactly. Yeah. That was stupid. So coming out of the AFC West, I, I think the a lot of people are picking the Chargers, but mm-hmm. I've never been big on Philip Rivers. Really? Never he has been. been he's always been that guy that you know will give you a certain amount of stats, but he's never, like, flashy with it. And he's, he's 
To me, he's statsy. Like, you're going to get the numbers. The numbers will be good. Like, even, like, he doesn't turn the ball over a whole heck of a lot. He had that issue at, at, a, at a spurt in his career. But he's not a huge turnover guy. But he's statsy, but you don't get the wins. Like, he's the type of quarterback, he keeps you in the game. He'll get some numbers. He'll, he'll throw for high 300, sometimes even 400, and you'll never see him throw not one deep ball. And But their team will be down 33 to 20. Yeah. And you're, and you're wondering why. And they have the weapons. They have Melvin Gordon. They have Keenan Allen. They have a good defense with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. I just, it's just something missing. And I, I think the time has come for the football world to realize that maybe Phillip Rivers has a glitch that prevents him from really winning. Yeah, he made the AFC Championship early in his career, but you had one of the, the five or ten greatest running backs in history on your team at a time where it was at a premium. So, you know, haven't seen Rivers really do it on his own, really carry a team. I'm not buying the whole Chargers thing. I think the Chiefs, even though they have Pat Mahomes, I think Mahomes is going to come out and, and play well, uh, extremely well. And I think yeah. the Chiefs are division over in the AFC West. I think he has the offense to do that. That man has a very, very big arm for that. That man has a cannon. So, you know, Tyreek Hill being the, the, the best deep threat in the league with his speed, then Travis Kelsey being uh, one of the top tight ends in the league. Then you got Sammy Watkins, a few other pieces. So, yeah, I think that team is really, really ideal for him and his arm. So we slide over into the NFC. And right. we'll start with the NFC West. We got Cardinals, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. Are you buying the Cinderella 49ers story? No, not at all. I am going with Jared Goff and the Rams. They got better on defense when they were already good. And uh, as you can see, they almost got legendary with Mac. But uh, thankfully, we got them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going with St. Louis or, or Los Angeles, I should say. The Rams, I think they're going to come out on, on, on top of that division. Seahawks are not good anymore, not like they used to be. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a good season, I think. But uh, I don't think that they're going to pile up, up enough wins to really contest or contend with uh, L.A. And Arizona is just completely old. So The way I feel about the Rams, they I don't, I don't know how they're, they're – they're setting the bar for as far as teams paying outrageous amounts of money. They're the ones printing the money. I, I don't know how. <laughs> they – had they gotten Matt, you know how frightening that would have been? Yes, it, it's definitely scary. You got Marcus Peters, yes. Joyner, all those dudes. They got Peters and Joyner. Well, they got Peters. They already had Joyner. They got Peters. They got Tlaib. Oh, God. You already got Donald. And then you're going to bring in Matt? And Sue. And Sue. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And don't forget the uh, the un unsung, the forgotten guy, which is uh, Ogletree, right? Is he still there? N no, no, no. He's with the Giants. I mean, the other uh, 
defensive lineman who was who was actually a beast before he got hurt years ago, Robert Quinn. Quinn's still there? I believe Robert Quinn is still on that team. I'm checking there the roster is. right now. <laughs> Let's just make sure it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking the roster. I, he can't still possibly be there. Robert Quinn is on the Dolphins. So they do have Marcus Peters still there. Um, like you said, they got Sue. Mm-hmm. Mark Barron, Michael Brockers. So they got a they got a solid squad here. Yeah, they have a, a, a gang of talent. So it's 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 a uh, it's pretty uh. It's pretty scary out there with the Rams. So they'll they'll look to grab a hold to that division again and and exact some dominance in the NFC West. I don't buy the 49ers thing either. Obviously, Garoppolo is going to get his first NFL loss this year, and I'm glad nobody's really playing up this whole undefeated thing. It was kind of funny last year, but it's not going to be funny anymore. They'll probably lose the first game. I just don't think the Niners have enough, especially with the injury to McKinnon. I didn't think McKinnon was enough, but they're not even as good without him. The Seahawks, much like the Jags, uh, maybe even to a lesser degree, but Russell Wilson does so much for that team. He, He is a winner. He's a guy that can go out and win you a game because he's Russell Wilson. So, you know, he's going to get them some wins and keep them hovering around a 7-8 win mark. Arizona, like you said, is old. They're trying to they're trying to transition their team. At some point, Rosen is going to play. So we're going to watch that take place before our eyes. So I think the Rams are going to kind of run away with this. 49ers will, will give them some tough games, but the Rams are going to run away with it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a competition to me. Moving I don't see on. any. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah, I don't see them comp- competing, uh, being being uh, challenged in that one. Moving on to the NFC East, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Redskins. What do you see? Uh, Philadelphia takes that. Even though today's game it looks kind of ugly, I think they need Carson Wentz back quick. But yeah, Philadelphia, uh, they still might take that division. I don't think it's a contest. I really don't. I think the only team that may sneak up and, and challenge them are the Giants because they're yeah. back to full strength and they have the electric Saquon Barkley. The Redskins, meh. The Cowboys are going to be, ugh. They're, they're not as good on, on the offensive line. Travis Frederick is out until further notice. There's no receivers in Dallas. Somebody's going to have to surprise me. So, I don't think Dallas is going to be there this year. Dak can only do so much. Uh, there may be a minor exposure of Dak this year. I think he's an NFL QB, but I think many have, of his sins have been covered over by some savvy vets. And now Dak has to be the leader, so we'll see how that goes. The Redskins, mm-hmm. the Redskins are the red. I mean, Alex Smith. Low-key, Alex Smith is a winner, man. 
Yeah, he does what he needs to do. He's very, very smart quarterback. But with that team, I mean, it's not much you can say that they're going to do. Jordan Reed is always hurt. Pierre Garçon, he's going to get his receptions. But they're not going to do anything. Yeah, Alex Reed will keep – Alex Reed. Alex Smith will keep them competitive. And that'll be it. There won't be uh, any major dent. So nope. I have uh, Philly taking that division as well. Absolutely. The NFC South, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and Bucks. Now, this will be mm. a little tougher. Yeah. To me, you got three teams in that division that may come out on top. Saints are very good with Kamara and Breeze and those boys, Michael Thomas. And that defense is very good, led by Cameron Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, but then you got the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, DJ Moore, Devin Funches, all those boys. Uh, they have a decent defense. So then now we, we, we know about Falcons. We know what they have on offense. We know they have a very good, speedy, uh, fast-paced defense. So I, I would say those three, and if I'm going to say who's going to come out on top, I'm going to go with New Orleans. I'm right there in the boat with you. The only thing I don't see is I don't think the Panthers will be as effective as people think. I think you got a lot of guys who can put it together individually, but I don't think the pieces will necessarily mesh. And Cam Newton is highly inconsistent. I've never been big on him. He's a, he's very talented, good quarterback, yeah. certainly in the upper half of quarterbacks in the league. But his inconsistency will plague the Carolina Panthers this year. Buccaneers are uh, <laughs> the Falcons are they'll stay competitive. Matt Matty Ice, of course, keeps them competitive. Dan Quinn keeps them competitive. But I think they'll just just come up short this year and uh maybe even miss the playoffs, and we'll discuss why shortly. The NFC North with the uh home area Chicago Bears the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings, what? Um, if I'm being honest and not a homer, I see the Vikings taking it. Minnesota has a very, very good offense with now you got Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and uh, Kirk Cousins. And you also have Dalvin Cook, who is back from injury with Latavius Murray, so that may be a very good back, running back by committee. Then you also have a good tight end in Kyle Rudolph. So they're very stacked on offense, and you already know what they can do on defense. I mean, Harrison Smith, uh, Everson Griffith, Griffin, uh, Daniil Hunter, all those boys, those are some dogs. So I honestly think that Minnesota might eke out uh, enough wins to take that division. I do think the Bears are underdog with what they already got and who they picked up in Khalil Mack. I think that does give them uh, a good a good chance at maybe being, being a shocker. But it'll come down to the Vikings and the Packers. I think Detroit is overmatched. I think they may be the bottom dweller. The Vikings picked up, was that Iloka? George Ioka, yeah. So that that – improves an already good defense and secondary up there in Minnesota. I agree. I got Minnesota coming out of that division. And again, the Bears, I think, will be right there. The Packers also will be right there. 
the Bears' improvements they've made on both sides of the football shouldn't go understated. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it is youth, but I think it'll have an effect, and I think the Bears will hover around nine or ten wins this year. And the Packers, they'll they'll do the same. Aaron Rodgers is he is who he is. Currently, at worst, the second best quarterback in football. At best, the best quarterback in football. Yeah, um, of course. You know, he is who he is, and he has a, the ability to tilt games in in the Packers' favor. One thing he's losing, though, is the free play that he normally gets. Uh, with the NFL rule changes, those neutral zone infractions, uh, the officials are going to blow most of those dead, so you won't get that free play that Aaron Rodgers is really good at taking advantage of. Yeah, it just flings it downfield. Apparently, they 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 practice that. Well, no sense in practicing that now. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so we got the division winners, and the AFC. You had um, we have the Patriots. We both have the Patriots. You have the Bengals. Yeah. I have the Steelers. You have the Jaguars. I have the Texans. You had. I had the Chiefs. Who did you have? I had the Chiefs as well. Chiefs. Okay. So who are your wild card teams? Hmm. There's two coming from the AFC. So I am going to go with whoever doesn't win the AFC North, whether it be the Bengals or the Steelers, one of those teams will be in the wild card. And let's see if the Jaguars beat out the Texans or the Texans beat out, beat out the Jaguars. I think one of those two teams will be the other wild card. And I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So we have the same six where it'll be the Patriots and then some combination of the Steelers and the Bengals and then some combination of the Jaguars and Texans and the Chiefs coming out of the AFC West. So going to the NFC, uh, we agreed that it will be the Eagles. We agreed that it will be the Vikings. We agree you had the Saints too, right? Yes. We agree on the Saints. We agree on the Rams. So who are your two wild cards? Well, again, I have to say without being biased, because I really do wish, I think the Bears might be a surprise, but – if the Vikings win in the North, it might be the Packers coming out as that second team. And then depending on who comes out of the NFC South, whether it be the Saints or the Falcons, uh, either one of those teams. So you got the Falcons and the Packers. Yeah. I'm doing it. My two wildcard teams. There you go. Say it. Say it. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, come on, man. Oh, I, I was about to say, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you set me up for failure. You're supposed to put Chicago first, man. You don't give no respect to, to the cheese heads. You put them last. I think that the Chicago Bears will beat out the Giants. They'll beat out the Panthers and Falcons. I think it may come to the last day for the Falcons. There's nobody in the NFC West that I see even threatening. 
I think the Chicago Bears will make the playoffs for the first time in a couple years, few years. How long has it been? Is it five years? Um, I don't know how long ago Jay Cutler lost to the Packers, but maybe three or four, three years, maybe. It's been longer than that. It hasn't been – the Bears haven't been to the playoffs since – Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Since Jay and that stupid uh, air ball to Randall Cobb where somebody missed out on an assignment. I believe that was uh, – That wasn't that, that wasn't a playoff game. The Bears Ooh. missed the playoffs because of that game. I thought that was a divisional round game. No, the Packers game was when in the playoffs. Wasn't that the NFC Championship game? Yeah, it was the NFC Championship game where Jay got hurt and everybody was talking about if that was me, I would have played on a slightly torn ACL. Oh, right, right, right. The other game that you're thinking about was like the last game of the year where the winner would go to the playoffs. So it had like a playoff feel. Right, right. Cutler actually played well. And the mistake was the blown coverage from who's the safety that was terrible. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And he's still in the league. He actually is okay. No, he's not. No, he's okay. I didn't say good. He's not even okay. What was his name? He actually had a very – some good seasons. Like, stat-wise, he had some good seasons. Chris After something. He, huh? Chris something. Oh, well. Yeah. It's not worth remembering. So. Conti. Chris Conti. He was awful. <laughs> he was awful. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rem- who was that? Who was the running back? that stiff-armed him for, like, eight yards. <laughs> I, know, I do remember that play, but I forgot who the running back is. But somehow I remember that play. I know, I know that play happened because I remember looking at it like this dude is being carried. Like, he, he picked him up and carried him roughly 20 yards to the end zone. Yeah. Poor, poor Chris Conte tried his best to make a tackle. And couldn't. And then remember, he was supposed to have been a ball hawk because the ball always seemed to land in his hands, but he couldn't cover a tackle. Well, he's still got a career, so. Is that career as an assistant coach for the University of Illinois? Because wherever Lovey goes, he ends up there. Apparently, he will be there. That's the next stop. I think he's still playing, if I'm not not mistaken. Can't be. No way. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. But yeah, that's the way it, uh, that's the way the NFL season will pan out as far as the Stayhouse podcast is concerned. And now it's time for the Grub Report or I kind of like that. Foodie Talk, Foodie Grub Report. I'll take Grub Report. The grub Report? Hey, no. we'll, 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 we'll come up with something a little better later. We know. They, know what we, they know what they want. It's under construction. <laughs> it's under construction. But you know what we're talking about. That's right. You know what we're talking about. We'll have a, a nice little fancy nifty name soon enough for our little food chats. That's Fire right. Food chats, you know? So, Jordan, what, uh, 
what food gems have you discovered in this past week? Well, I have to say this is a a spot that I've gone to for many years now, ever since I've been married and moved out to the Lansing area. Uh, but it has never failed me. Uh, I don't remember ever going to this restaurant and getting something that was not to my liking. But recently, my dear wife, she put me on to a, a, a meal or a food item on the list, on the menu that I didn't think they would be good at making. But this spot is called Johnny K's. It's Johnny K's Barn Grill. It is located on Torrance, it's right past McDonald's. And they have what is called steak tacos. But they also have beef tacos. Wait, 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 wait. You made it seem like the idea of steak tacos was something exotic. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Every week is not going to be a, a, a club banger. I'm telling you what I found to be very, very delightful. And possibly the Stayos family did not, has not ever been to Johnny K's. So maybe it's new to them. You never I'm know. Not, I'm not opposed to the suggestion. It's just the fact that you said they have what is called steak tacos. You said it as if no one's ever heard of steak tacos before. Maybe some people have never heard of steak tacos and they're living under a rock, okay? Let me finish. It's called beef tacos, I mean, not steak tacos. The beef tacos are to die for. They're extremely good. The cheese, the seasoning of the beef is, is extremely good. It's, it's well done, I, I have to say. And for a place that's not really a Mexican spot uh, uh, and an and authentic Mexican location, they, they more so specialize in American-made food like burgers and hot dogs, your Polishes, your Italian beefs, and all those other things that you normally would see at a, a, like a little gyro or Philly joint. But, man, their tacos are very good. If you are around the area in Lansing on Torrance, you want to go to Johnny K's and get their beef tacos with everything. So while this is not an, a Mexican establishment, are the cooks Mexican? Well, I have to admit, I've seen a few of them when I walked in, and yes, they are Mexican. Some are of a different nationality, could be Polish, I'm not sure. They have a lot of mixture of flavors that work there, Johnny K's. And, you know, I have to say that is also a mark of a good restaurant. When you have, you know, uh, people of different backgrounds and cultures who are making the food, you shouldn't just have one, you know, particular culture in that in in a restaurant, I believe, in order to for it to have some some good flavors, some good a good mix, a variety of foods, you should always have a, a melting pot of of chefs. So you say? <laughs> that is what I think. I just want a Mexican over a melting pot. Well, all right, that's all I need. They can make anything. Shout out to all my Mexican brothers and sisters out there. Hey, I'm 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 with you. Mexican food is my favorite, so I'm with you. Food game on lock, man. They can make anything. Can't go wrong. So wow. So right there in Torrance, you kept it local. You kept it real. Right. You kept it a uh, small scale, a little hole in the wall joint. You no, know, nothing major. 
Yeah, I'll have something a little bit better, probably, you know, in my travels, as I usually do at work. I have something a little bit more uh, on the outskirts of uh, Lansing, perhaps further back into uh, downtown in the metropolitan area. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, no beef. I, I, I like your selection. And it's geographically within range for me. I may hunt for it, look for it while I'm scooting around town. I had a bit of a time trying to think one up. And I'm okay. not going to go too hole in the wall for anybody this week. But I'm going to go with the place where I stopped tonight. And that is Bona Beef. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If anyone likes Italian beef, mm-hmm. Portillo's is a very solid option for Okay. You. Yes. Portillo's, very good. I don't think they're as good as Bona Beef. Wow, that is a bold statement. the the only The only thing with Bona Beef is this: dipped at Bona Beef means something different than dipped anywhere else, especially in the Chicagoland area. You have to get your beef baptized. <laughs> it just it's gotta it's gotta it's gotta be drowned. <laughs> That's that's where you get the full beef dip in the jus. Okay. Make sure you get see the where they nickel and dime a little bit of bone of beef. You know, a lot of especially the hole in wall restaurants, you go to those, you'll get your cheese and your peppers and they won't charge you extra. Bone of beef okay. is gonna hit you for thirty cents a pop. So your cheese is thirty cents and your peppers are thirty cents. Eh, I, I ain't feeling that, but um Bone beef is good. Bone beef is good. So if you got a hankering, <laughs> like that word, hankering, if you got a hankering for an Italian beef and that bone of beef is in your area, within your range, don't be ashamed. Just step on up and grab you one. Little on the costly side. You can probably do just as well with maybe a neighborhood hole in the wall because they're going to do some things, you know, for cheaper. So you might get more bang for your buck. But uh, you also run the risk of like a mop string or something on your Italian beef. So <laughs> you can go to Bona Beef if it's in the area eh, and grab one of those baptized beefs. Because I like my soggy. I like, the, I like the bread to be on the verge of dissolving. On the verge, okay. On the verge of dissolving, where you have to once you take it out of the wrapper, the combination of the air and the jus is causing the bread to disintegrate in an Avengers-like fashion. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's enjoyable enough for you to eat in enough time. Yeah, so it's 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 enjoyable. I mean, okay, it's not, it's not as fast as a Thanos snap, but. <laughs> You 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 know that once you open it up, you have to get down to business. Warm warm open air and the jus will cause the bread to disintegrate. The only way to stop it is refrigeration. So, which is why most Italian beefs are best kept in some sort of foil lined wrapper to maintain temperature control. That's why they do it. Yeah. 
See, so not only do we tell you where to where to eat food, we also give you some food science that the uh, Italian beef jus will disintegrate your bread if not properly heated or or properly cooled, rather. That's right. This gotta, is gotta, all, and this is all things I'm making up as I go along. <laughs> For instance, since we're here, since since we're in school, since I have the the floor. Other things, other food myths that I'd like to start straight from the mouth of Chris of the Stay House podcast is if you order a pizza puff in the hood and you have the opportunity to get a knee-high grape, I don't even know if they sell it anymore. It's got to be out there. Somebody's got to be keeping knee-high in business. You have the opportunity to get a knee-high grape. It's like it's like fizz Kool-Aid. It's the sweetest pop you ever taste, but it's the, the most delicious pop you'll ever taste. In my studies, by studies, I mean long history of eating pizza puffs, the knee cuts the orangish grease of a pizza puff. So it actually it's actually good for you. It actually keeps your cholesterol down. I don't even drink pop, so I, I know what you're talking about, but I try to stay away from pop for various reasons. But, uh, hey. I, I I hear you. If if that's what you think needs to be done to cut down on the fat, then my friend, have at it. You stay away from pop. You got the diabetes. Hey man, I've just been I I I grew up being told that pop is not good for me, and and to a certain degree that is true. You know, you have other better options out there, but no. To a complete degree, it's true. Pop is not good for you. I mean. Let's be completely clear here. Most things that taste delicious aren't good for you. Oh, of course. I mean, you're going to sit up here and talk about steak tacos, but you're going to draw the line at pop. That's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) I, I had gone through a phase where I wasn't drinking pop, too. And I need to go back through that phase. I'm not even that enamored with pop. There's only one pop I really, really like. And I, I get one of these maybe every once or twice a month. And okay. That's the Mountain Dew electric blue one, the voltage. It's it's raspberry Mountain Dew. Really? Yes. That's the only one that's like, once I see it, I'm, my mouth goes dry and I got to have it. But all other pop I could really do without, I just kind of get it. My vice is more green tea than anything. I'll get like the ice green teas. So I've learned to go healthier with those. I used to drink the Arizonas. Arizona is um is Italian for sugar. Um <laughs> Did you make that up too? <laughs> I'm making stuff up, man. This this last half hour of our podcast is just me making stuff up. So Okay. <laughs> It's that, it's that Mac giddiness. So Arizona is Italian for sugar. Uh, just for, for all our listeners out there, if you drink the Arizonas, and you may have done this already and, and really don't care, as I have gone through that phase as well, just take a look at the back of that can. All right? And I want you to let your eyes drop down to the sugar content on a can of Arizona. 
<laughs> and then once you see the sugar content on that white label, I want you to go up slightly and look at how many servings in a can of Arizona. So then you have to multiply that sugar by two and a half. Because that's how many servings are in those tall boys. Oh, yeah. Love them. Wow. Love Arizona's, but lots of sugar. So I started yeah. going with like the Gold Peak and the um, Pure Leaf from Lipton. Yes, sir. Pure leaf. Sweet tea and raspberry tea. Yeah. I used to be up on uh <laughs> up on Arizona's a whole bunch too when I was younger. And mucho mango and uh the lemonade and iced tea mix. Those were my yes. favorite. I used I used to get the the locale lemonade and iced tea. Not not as much sugar, but still still a lot. So I get the I get the pure leaf and I get the uh gold peak. The pure leaf is a little better on sugar and calories. Um, I think the pure leaf has a hundred and the gold peak has one twenty. So it's, it's fairly reasonable and, and they all count per bottle. They don't count per serving on that. The serving size yeah. is the bottle. So that's what you're absolutely getting. What's on the back of that label. Not bad for, for a drink that you're not making at home and that isn't water. So water is always best. And it is what it is. But yeah, I can I can stand to cut back on pop. I drank a whole lot of pop as a kid. But yeah. as I got older, I, I didn't really need it. It doesn't really appeal to me. Like sometimes, like I'll be in a restaurant and they'll ask if I want a pop. And, you know, you kind of sometimes by just by knee-jerk reaction, you'll get the pop. And it's like, I'll be sitting there like, I don't even want this. So I can do without pop. That's right. Come on, man. Stay out podcast, brothers. Got to stay together, man. This is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Not We can't have a food segment and then talk about how healthy we are. Okay. That is a little hypocritical. You got me. Yeah. Unless, unless we talk about a salad choice or a salad spot every now and then. So do you see that happening soon? <laughs> I could, I could force it. <laughs> We don't force anything here at the State House Podcast. Okay, fine. No, that 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 that's that's not gonna happen there. Just two weeks ago you talked about smoked meats. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stop having selective memory. We talked about a bar and grill today that <laughs> serves, as you put it, what is called steak tacos. Never before heard. It is a is a mystery to the world. I vowed to go to Five Guys two weeks ago. I didn't go actually. Um, That's right. Ended up with two votes. That's better. Yep. It's not. It's not. But you know, we are going to try to to be a, a health, more fit podcast. That's not going to stop us from suggesting ways for our listeners to get fat. And such is life. Yep. But on that note, we're going to close some things out. Stay Out's Podcast. You can reach us on social media at Stay Out's Podcast. Instagram, as well as Twitter. Uh, me and Jordan are going to try to get a little more active on both of those outlets. Keep promising it. It's tough, man. It's tough because we have our own personal Twitters and Instagrams to keep up with. 
And if you haven't noticed by the way we sound and act, we're pretty popular guys. So we have to keep up with our own stuff. But we will be more active on the, the team stuff uh, at Stay Out's Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Also, looking forward to the NFL season. We're going to do some recap of game number one, weekend number one in the NFL season, maybe into some fantasy talk as uh, you're going to find out. We're going to find out that some of our sleepers and mystery picks are really the bums that the projections said they were going to be. So we'll talk more about that on our next episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Chris. We've been with Jordan. Till next time, y'all. Yes, sir. It all depends on how much fix can get.